3: Learn more at marines.com.
2: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to the Packernet podcast. I am your host and resident panelist as always, Ryan Schlipp. Check us out online, packernet.com. Find me on Twitter, pack underscore data. Well, as I said yesterday, we're actually sticking to it for once, Um We're going to run through some of the comments that were made by football players that play for the Green Bay Packers, as well as the head coach of the Green Bay Packers, and then we'll see where time leaves us after that. But why don't we uh, just go ahead and not mess around here? Yesterday, we listened to Romeo Dobbs. Again, I really like his demeanor. Very no-nonsense. Again, he kind of has a Kenny Clark kind of uh, vibe to him, not a very vocal person, but um, has a really high standard with that we've got uh we're gonna do dylan then preston smith then colby wooden pretty cool to be able to hear from him then again jordan love and then we'll finish with matt lefleur Uh, as usual we're not going to go through every single comment that they make just whatever seems interesting i guess so we might as well just start off with opening statements from aj dylan
1: i would say pretty challenging offense we got a lot of stuff Um, you know, but I think, um, everybody's doing a great job kind of absorbing everything that we have putting in. So, um, to have these guys, the young guys, especially be able to get in here, get reps, um, get with the quarterbacks and stuff. uh, A lot of like the receivers and just things that are hard to do by yourself. You can look at a playbook, but it's really hard to kind of practice football solo. Um, so as, as far as like the playbook and things go, um, so it's great for everybody to kind of get gel a little bit and get together as a team.
2: So again hammered the point to death but that's painfully obvious right it's it's uh really important that these guys get in there especially the young guys and um i mean football isn't played solo right unless you're playing madden um skipping ahead a little bit i'll be honest i did not even hear the question but i do like the answer regardless We'll play it and then we'll talk about
1: them. Yeah, I think you know me personally. I never really put expectations on like people or or the team. I guess it's just you know I think every team's a new year. Last year was a new year. We didn't have certain people, and everyone's like, how are you going to respond from that? And this year we have a younger guys here, and how are you going to respond from that? I think you know everybody's putting their best foot forward, and yeah, of course there's always things you got to clean up. Today I ran a wrong route on one, and I've been here however long, and that's that's what this. What part is about. That's what practice is about. People are you getting put in different, you know, positions. Um you sometimes you're going to be uncomfortable, but that's what it's about and you're doing it all together. Everybody's learning, everybody's getting better. And I think if you want to look at the first day OTAs to now, the growth of everybody, including myself and whatever both sides of the ball is so much just in like comfort level and it, it doesn't mean it's perfect, but I think that's a big part in, you know, where we want to get.
2: So couple things. First of all, I want to start with the last part. Again, just kind of hammering on the the importance of, let's just say, practice in general. Um, You know, it's funny, you talk about how you can't really understand things just by reading it in a book, right? It's the whole thing with Jordan Love. Well, this is year four for Jordan Love. No, it's not. It's been four years reading a book. But even practicing, even, even getting out in the field and doing all this kind of stuff, there's still an element, even for veteran guys, of being out of football shape. And I don't just mean like the, how winded you get or how many pushups you can do, or even just taking a hit in the sternum. I just mean like getting back into the rhythm of playing with a group of football players and getting comfortable with the guys that are there and the, and the play calls and the rhythm and the speed of everything, because that's the, you know, you look at those clips of Jordan Love practicing and that's cool and all, but there's so much missing and it just takes some time to get used to it again and get back into the rhythm of football. And so it is cool to hear him talk about how, you know, when we first get back here, everybody's making mistakes, nobody knows what they're doing, but, you know, everybody, rookies and veterans and young guys and old guys, we're getting better as a team as we move forward. And, and that's all good because the more we have this attitude toward practice, I think the less we're going to see complete flops in the early part of the season, especially week one. Because you don't want week one to be that sort of getting back into the groove of things. That should have been long done by now. You had OTAs, you had mandatory minicamp, you had training camp, you had preseason. Yeah, well, we didn't participate really in any of that. <laughs> what? I mean, you know, we did. Uh, we had to go to training camp, obviously, but yeah, it's didn't really do anything else. No, I want these guys together as a full team. I mean, as many guys as you can, as often as you can, to be more ready than everybody else if at all possible cuz every team's going to have guys that don't show up but if we have more guys that show up and are ready and are working and are, are getting into the rhythm of being a team more so than the guy on the other side of the of the field you know the bears or whatever whoever it is we're facing early on the better off we're going to be it's just an advantage doesn't mean you win the game but it's an advantage you want to rack up as many advantages as you can possibly get the first part of it that um, he mentioned that I liked was you know again kind of getting back into that rebuild question He mentioned, you know, people are trying to make this out to be a a big year because of the changes, but there's changes every year. Every year you lose guys, and, you know, football's about challenges and changes. There's constant turnover. Guys that left, guys that come back. Guys that are getting better, guys that are getting worse. And again, the big change is from Aaron Rodgers to Jordan Love. But we treat it as though it's a, a decline. A decline is when Aaron Rodgers breaks his thumb. Right, then you get a lesser version of Aaron Rodgers. A decline is when Aaron Rodgers breaks his collarbone and can't play anymore. And then the backup has to come in. That's a big problem when David Bakhtiari gets injured, when Rashawn Gary gets injured. These are challenges and these are things that happen every single year to every football team across the league. Changing who's throwing the ball might be a little bit of a step back, but is it a bigger challenge than we had going from MVP Aaron Rodgers to broken Aaron Rodgers? Broke thumb, disgruntled. Don't really feel like trying, Rogers. I don't know. It might not be. And again, it, it kind of just goes to different doesn't have to be bad. Well, look how young everybody is. Yeah, but how good are they? Well, you don't have Rogers anymore. You got this new guy. Yeah, but how good is he? That's the only thing that's going to matter. The name Love doesn't carry as much weight as Rogers does. And it probably never will. But that doesn't mean he can't play good football. That doesn't mean we can't win football games. That doesn't mean we can't win Super Bowls. There's a lot of teams with quarterbacks that are nowhere near Aaron Rodgers' level that have hoisted the Lombardi Trophy. Eli Manning did it twice. That dude is nowhere near as good as Aaron Rodgers, who did it once. Right? Ben Roethlisberger's not as good. Joe Flacco's not as good. Matt Stafford is not as good. Again, we have younger receivers. Well, would you rather have Lazard and Cobb? No? Then Who cares? Who cares? I just want to know how good they are. That's all I care about. When you got a challenge. It's a challenge because they're young. It, it doesn't have to be a challenge. Maybe it's a benefit. If they're better, it's not a challenge. It's a benefit. A challenge, again, is when your all-pro left tackle gets injured and has to leave. A challenge is your quarterback with a broken thumb on his throwing hand. A challenge is losing a top-10 pass rusher on your team. A challenge is losing Jair Alexander. Or going down to Florida when it's 95 degrees. That's a challenge. Different is just different. So, yeah, I I agree with Dylan that people are putting so much on this as though every year it's the same thing and then suddenly everything's different. You say, well, this is a big change. It's a big change in name, but quality is all that matters. And if you think you need somebody that is peak Aaron Rodgers to be able to win football games, I don't think you've ever watched football before. We lost to the Lions. Do you remember that? Is Jared Goff better than Aaron Rodgers? Is Kirk Cousins better? They flew into the playoffs. Won way more games, got into the playoffs, we missed the playoffs. Is that because Kirk Cousins is better or no? Come on now. I want a good football team. That's it. It's different. So what? Is it good? That's what matters. Make it good. Anyways, quick and easy from uh, AJ Dillon. Skipped a lot of the other stuff. I didn't find it uh, massively exciting. Uh, we'll get into Preston Smith here. Was kind of funny. Nothing super insightful or anything, but just kind of a funny little anecdote. Um, Preston Smith kind of talking about how old he is. And it's funny because... He really isn't that old, but um, he is compared to pretty much everybody else that old. Plus, he talks about how when he showed up, he thought guys like him were old. So just kind of funny.
0: Like a mental thing? Yeah, uh, no, nah, not really too mental. But you know, I think about it all the time. Like, dang, you know, like I wake up and like, man, I'm really old. You know, and I just remember being that young kid walking in, and somebody you hear somebody say, "I'm on year eight or nine, and you're like, "Damn, you're old." And now, and now it's like looking in the mirror. I'm like, "Damn, you're old." You know, so. <laughs> It's like looking back at my 20-year-old self telling me I'm old as hell in this league, and, and I'm just happy to be here, man, to make it this long, you know, past, you know, many expectations or past, you know, what people may have believed, you know, or, you know, projected. I'm just happy to be here and embrace, the, you know, year nine. The uh, sack
2: celebration. Anyways, he does talk a little bit about his sack celebration. We'll skip that, but that's another just kind of a fun commentary, I guess. But then we get into his thoughts on Lucas Van Ness. Early
0: on. Man, he has a lot of ability. He has, he has a lot of athletic, uh, a lot of athleticism. Man, he has a lot of things that you know he can you know that can help his team. And I think he has his head in the right place. He comes to work hard every every day. He has a high motor, and he's always willing to listen to get better.
2: Then the next question, Rashawn, what have you seen from him as far as trying to get back on track?
0: Man, Rashawn has always been a fighter. He's always been a hard worker, man. You know, I know he's 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 always been tr- trying to be the hardest worker anywhere. So I just know with him in rehab, he's trying to be the hardest worker in rehab and try to get back as fast as he can and be as healthy as he can. And, be, and he's trying to return better than he left.
2: The other reason I kind of like that because it seems like a nothing thing, but the reason I like it is every time I talk about how hard Rashawn works, I don't actually know that he is a hard worker. I assume he is because that's sort of the persona that gets put out there. And some other people have probably made comments here or there. But really, it's just he puts out videos showing him working really, really hard. But they're, you know, 10-minute videos. For all I know, that was 30 minutes worth of work. And he went home and ate cheeseburgers and is watching TV the rest of the week. I don't know what he's doing with his life. But what I like is he has a reputation even in the locker room. And he makes it known. And when you put your stamp on that, when you walk in there and you say, I'm going to outwork every single one of you, you got to back it up. Otherwise, you're a clown. So I like the fact that that is his reputation, even amongst his his uh, teammates. Then expectations for the defense,
0: man. Uh, it's a lot of guys on this defense returning. We have got a lot of new up and coming talent in this defense. I just I expect us to uh, to come in at a high level. We all have chemistry with each other, and we all you know work well with each other and it's easy for us to correct each other and uh, you know talk to each other i think uh you know the chemistry is going to be at a high level this obviously i mean this season coming up and i just think with all the guys returning man it's, uh, it's gonna be a it's gonna be great to play with these guys once again It's a lot of things we're gonna improve on from last year and there's a lot of things we're gonna work on there's a lot of things we're gonna be better at there's a lot of things that we're gonna be great at that we was good at.
2: so i think my personal opinion people that are really low on the defense i, I just am not necessarily on board with that it might be garbage. I have no idea. But it's the assumption that we have to know that it's going to be bad that I don't understand. We know that there's massive fluctuations For, from team to team, offense, special teams, defense. There's always fluctuations, right? But if you look at the caliber of the players, essentially the, the quality of the defense is going to come down to you look at the spectrum that these players are on, and then you just roll the dice and see where it lands, right? It's It's like one of those... Stupid friggin' games. You remember the Remember that game at like Chuck E. Cheese where the light goes around in a circle and you try to smack the button so it goes right in between the two little bars there? I used to play that game all the time. I don't know why that was my thing. I was just positive I was gonna get it in there. I have done it before. But that was just that was my jam. But the point is you just smack the button, you see where you end up. And it's more or less random. If a bunch of your players are on the low end of their abilities, because everybody has a ceiling and a floor. You've got a bad defense. And I think last year, and I understand Joe Barry's a part of this and the way the scheme and all that stuff plays a part in it somewhat, but I think a lot of the quote-unquote scheme issues really had more to do with players not doing a good job within the scheme. And you say, well, then change the scheme. Okay, fine. But we talk all the time about the massive amount of first-round picks. Shouldn't have to dumb this down for you. Just go do it. Anyways, a lot of the issues last year had to do with guys being at the low end of their spectrums. They can repeat that and all be at the low end, it's possible they could be even lower. But if you if you just sort of look at it as a regression to the mean, in other words, let's just reset it so that everybody is at, not at average, but is at the middle of their own range from the their floors and their ceilings. Considering the talent we have on the defense, if you just reset everybody to zero, it's a significant improvement over what we had last year. Now, top five defense, you'd need guys to be at the high ends. At least, you know, some of your better, you know, Jair and Rashawn and Preston and, you know, the the key positions and the key players. You know, Kenny needs to not be just completely terrible. And we can work with that. So, anyways, that's sort of my thought on the defense. He was asked about last year. Here's essentially what he said.
0: Man, you know, we just got to be better. You know, we can't be the team last year. We can't be who we were last year. We got to be a whole lot better than we was. And we got to play to our potential. We got to play to our expectations. And a lot of things last year we did good, but we wasn't consistent. And we know this year going into the season, we have to be consistent with everything we do. We, you know, we got in each and every day. So how do you get there? Uh, just practice. That's why, you know, they give us a, a certain amount of practice every week and we get a chance to go out there and practice together and we uh, we communicate. And then in the walkthroughs that they give us um, we gotta communicate and if there's anything we don't like we'll ask Joby, can we run it again or we'll talk through it and try to make sure that we don't have that problem, you
2: know, come game time. There you go. It's that simple. And it's frustrating because we kind of don't want it to be that simple. Like, it's not practice because you guys practiced last year and you weren't good. Like, you stop saying stuff like that. Give me something profound and magical and like, we're going to change the scheme, we're going to fire the defensive coordinator, we're going to do this, that, or the other, and there are times when that's necessary, but at the end of the day, they're good enough to be a good defense. They just need to work on it, work together as a unit, do their job the way it's laid out for them to do, and they'll be a good defense. Is that going to happen? I don't know. Then gets, he gets asked about J.J., Mr. Inigbare.
0: Uh, man his knowledge of the game is a whole lot better man he knows what he's doing you know you know coming in as a rookie a lot of those guys are nervous including myself I was nervous as a rookie to not make those mistakes and to make sure that I, you know I find a role or find something to be good at and I think this year he's been working hard in the offseason um, he's been training really hard and, and he's been doing really well but you know just coming into that next year he has to make a big jump into you know find a role and finding something to be great at you know he got to find some moves that work for him out there on the field got to play with a lot more violence. He just got to continue to be consistent and work hard like he's been doing.
2: Speaking of, so pretty generic, but again, anytime they're going to comment on a player, I'm going to want to hear where they're at because we don't get a lot of information on guys, especially these young guys that are either new or we're hoping are going to make a leap. Then asking about the rookies, how they're doing. Uh, I'm ex- I'm guessing excluding Lucas Van Ness, but I I don't know.
0: Yeah, all of those guys have a, a great uh, ability, you know. Um... You know, KB. You know, from San All Diego Brooks. State. Kenneth from um, Nigeria. He has a lot of athleticism for him to never play football. He's picking up on the game pretty fast. Um, Lucas, of course, he's he's he has a lot of athleticism. He's you know to see a kid that big and uh you know with that you know low body fat and looking like him looking like Hercules. You know, for him to come out there, you know him just he just looks great out there. Um, what's the other kid? Um, Cox, Cox from um, Florida. Man, he has a lot of ability. He has a lot of uh, quick twitch. He has a lot of ability out there in the pass rush game. Uh, I see him doing some good things in the future. And I, I, To be honest with you, I'm impressed with all of them. A lot of those guys, they all work hard. They got the right mindset. They come in to work hard every day. And they all have some impressive talent. You know?
2: So it, it it's kind of interesting, and, and I know it's it's just talk, and we'll see if anything comes of it. But, I mean, Brenton Cox is, is we, as we know, a, a different situation. So he's an edge rusher that um, – a big part of the reason he fell. Not the only reason. I mean, it's not true that he was essentially a first-round talent that fell because of off-the-field issues, but off-the-field issues were an issue, right? He played for two programs that are notorious for having some nefarious behavior, and those players don't get kicked off the team, and he got kicked off both of them, and that's Georgia and Florida. Um, So the Packers ended up taking a flyer on him as an undrafted free agent. I'm sure his phone was blowing up once the draft ended, and for whatever reason, he ended up in Green Bay, but he does have more talent than your average, for example, undrafted free agent. Now, I don't know where he would have gone. Could Is it possible that he could have been sort of a fifth-round pick similar to Kingsley and Igbari, and that maybe he has some potential to... I mean, think about it. If he is better than Kingsley and Igbari, and let's say he becomes a better football player than that, then essentially our pass rushers are Rashawn and Preston and then Lucas Van Ness and Brenton Cox. That's the order, which is insane with Kingsley being essentially... Pass rusher number five for our team, along with Justin Hollins. That's assuming Hollins isn't ahead of Kingsley, which he may be. I don't know. And that doesn't even get into Garvin and Hamilton. Or, as he mentioned, Kenneth from Africa. So, it'll be interesting to see how this all uh, shakes out. I'm pretty excited. I mean, it's, it probably isn't going to be anything massive. It probably is not going to be Brenton Cox and Kenneth Odumegwu. And it's not going to be Keyshawn Banks or Ladarius Hamilton or any it, It's going to be Preston and Lucas Van Ness and Rashawn when he comes back and then it's going to be Kingsley and Justin Hollins as sort of the backups from there. That's probably what it's going to be but it is still interesting and it'll be um, fun to kind of tag along and see where everything ends up. Um, I think final question here, I'm not sure. But um, but run defense is a men- mentality according to Jerry Montgomery. What does that mean?
0: You got to play violent from start to finish um, especially in the run game. Like, you know, we, we, we in our room, violent, you know, get off and violent hands, and that, that has to roll over to the run game. So when you're getting off the ball, you have to get the ball violently, and then when you engage in the offensive alignment, you have to do it violently, and you have to get off blocks violently to make tackles and make sure that we make good tackles behind the line of scrimmage, and we get knocked back, and that we make plays that can help the defense and put us in great situations, like second and long or you know, third and long. Is that a learned skill or is that something that you you have? You guys have it more than others. Yeah, man. Being violent is a mindset, and I think you know the thing about it is guys have to have that mindset. They want to be violent. And, you know, when you line up in the line scrimmage, you have to want to hit the person across from you, and you have to want to, you know, you know, dominate them. You want to, have, you got to have that will to want to dominate them. And I just think that's the mindset that we are still in our room. A lot of guys have that mindset already, and it's just about rolling it over to the field.
2: All right, so I I, I do like that because it it kind of goes to show the depth of football you know when we sit there and we watch and we you know look at 40 time and all that kind of stuff for the draft and try to assess who's going to be good and why there's so much more that goes into these things and this is just one example of it um and i and i think it's a big one you know i i could give an example of somebody that i think lacks it and and you can see it and all that but i'm not going to but it it as much as the packers tried to make it become one it's not a finesse sport You know, as much as we try to get cutesy with defensive schemes and formations and offensive schemes and formations and all that, there's always going to be an element of violence, and that is a mentality. And, you know, it's it's, nice guys finish finish last. I mean, you can get the technique down, and you can understand all that stuff and get your fundamentals and put your feet in the right spot and your hand in the right spot, but at the end of the day, if there's anything other than just bloodlust, which, by the way, is why I tend to like when things flare up a little bit, I like when guys have that edge again, Quake got it taken a little bit too far, but, um, what he needs to rein in is the fact that he has that, that I I don't think it's a surprise by the way, that a guy who has a hard time wrangling that emotion was like the best tackler in all of college football because it's a mentality engaging blocks, shedding blocks, and tackling people is all about violence. Yes, there's technique, and you do have to understand all that stuff and everything else, but if you try to run through somebody, if you come at somebody just hoping to watch them burst into dust, you'll be all right. Anyways, why don't we take a quick break? If you'd like to support the podcast, please feel free to do so at patreon.com forward slash pack underscore daddy, or you can do it over at Venmo at Packernet Podcast. That one's real quick and easy. You got it on your phone, just bust it out. Here's a buck. Thanks, dude. Speaking of, thanks to Joe at JoePackGo on the Twitters. Thank you very much for your uh, donation on Venmo. And then thank you very much to uh, John Borgen and Eric Spiegel for uh, jumping in today, actually, on Patreon. <coughs> so really, really do appreciate all that support. It means a lot. It's it's good to, if nothing else, get the feedback that I'm doing things right. Because I'll be honest, you know, I I... I, I always say as as patreon started going backwards like look i know times are tough and everything else but you got to think in the back of your head maybe you're slipping a little bit and people just don't like your show anymore i don't know so it is nice to get uh that little tidbit of affirmation thank you folks anyways let's take a break we'll come right back in the hobby it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing. But they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. Another day is
4: here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check.
2: So, again, couldn't quite understand the question, something about how do you feel about OTAs, I guess, something like that. But this is Colby Wooden, young man, rookie, going to be a superstar, all that stuff, going to be super cool. Here's what he had to say.
4: Uh, I feel great. Um, Coach is giving me a shot, you know, to go in there, uh, run with the ones, so I'm taking advantage of my opportunity. Um, I'm definitely competing, excited excited to be out there competing with the guys, back playing football again, you know, been a little minute since – the helmet on the cleats on so i'm excited to be out there i'm just grateful
2: again not a ton there but just good to hear what he has to say it's good to kind of gauge their personality and whatnot you know next question same questioner but um is it kind of a confidence boost to be put on the ones and to kind of realize hey i i can play against some pretty good guys here
4: so, yeah 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 yeah. It good for the yeah, it's definitely been good for the confidence um it, it forces you to you know to learn your stuff more so that way you know you're out there with the one gene trying to mess up next to kenny clark you know <laughs> so uh it, it definitely helps the confidence though like hey these coaches believe in me um they definitely give me a shot and i'm excited to prove myself um I, i've definitely been taking advantage of it <laughs>
2: and that's kind of a cool thing too that you know the coaches don't need to put you out there with the ones because they believe in you, but it is cool to see how they respond. Is, it, is there that extra little pep in your step? And you kind of want to probably see that if you're a coach, right? To to get this opportunity and to realize how important it is and to start seeing them playing with a little bit more intentionality and violence and everything else, you need to dig deep and find that little bit extra something. But it it is kind of cool, and, it, and hearing that comment about Kenny really helps you understand the importance of veterans, even if they're not necessarily coaching, just because... You know, just by virtue of playing next to him, the anxiety goes through the roof, right? The stakes are so much higher. You're not playing next to some other rookie you know, I only got to be better than this guy. You know, I was just, you know, we're roommates and I know he doesn't know the playbook any better than I do. So it's not that big of a deal. We'll figure it out. I'm just going to try to push this guy harder than he pushes that guy. But Kenny is a freaking PhD. You take a wrong step in the wrong direction or do something the wrong way. That ain't good so it's cool to have that and it is cool to hear from colby how seriously he takes all that stuff you know how how big of a deal it is for him to be given that opportunity how big of a deal it is to just be put next to kenny clark and and to understand the severity and just how big and how serious this whole thing is i like this quote too i I think this is the right one but um asking are you surprised kind of how detailed it is here at the nfl level
4: Yeah, yeah, uh, he definitely said our, our days of lining up and just playing ball is just over. You, now you got to think, um, you got to see backfield sets, tight end sets, you know, Okay, with what they like to do out this formation, what type of runs can I get out this formation? What type of blocks, you know? So just just taking each detail that he's given me and and comparing it with Kenny is definitely helping me play faster and and better. So.
2: And the the other thing I really like about him, and you kind of have to watch a little bit, but some of these guys are really nervous, and they're so focused on like the question and the questioner and not making mistakes and really just not wanting to be there. You can tell he enjoys this. And I don't think it's just enjoys talking to the cameras. He likes talking football. You know, he gets a big smile on his face after every time, you know, talking about Kenny or talking about, you know, all the stuff you got to do, or, you know, it's not daunting. It's exciting. This guy loves football and that's pretty cool. But um, beyond that, again, just kind of going back to the whole draft evaluation thing, it really is, you know, being a great football player almost means nothing because, when you get to the NFL level, everybody's a great football player, and if that's all you are, you're never going to be anything. The heck was that noise? Seriously, what was that? Anyways, it, it is such a mental game, and it's really a matter of, like, that sets the floor. You, the First and foremost, you have to figure out how to play. You have to be able to read this from head to toe and be able to figure out what they're about to do. Then you have to execute. So being dominant is part of it, but you can be the biggest, strongest, baddest dude If you don't know where to take that first step, if you don't know what angle to take, what direction to go, if you can't process things really quickly, you suck at football. And so that's what almost makes it useless, if you think about it, with all this scouting. And really, it kind of makes sense from the Packers standpoint of just getting these athletic freaks, because who knows if they're going to actually figure this football thing out. I mean, you look for high-intelligence players with with attributes, and you say, hey, this guy's got a, a high probability of figuring it out because he's really smart. And then once you figure it out, you get a guy that can uh, do things that other guys can't, and you just you know it's it's a multiplier for the the odds that they're going to become not just good players but great players. Next question. Not everybody processes that quickly. How are you holding up with that?
4: So I, I what I, I like to credit like the fact that um, you know NFL and the SEC they're kind of like. I, they're not the same, but they're similar. Like, so just playing that same, you know, that speed level and having to process quickly and okay, this, that, that. Um, I definitely give credit, you know, to to playing and SEC and the ball moving fast and things going fast. So, you know, just this next level, you gotta be more detailed with it. You gotta study more. Um, just put more time into your craft. That's really the true difference and um, who gets it and who doesn't get it. Um, and like I said, I'm I'm trying to play, so I'm spending all my time, all my my downtime in the in the film, in the playbook. So, yeah.
2: And 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 that too could potentially go to why you see a lot of these SEC guys, um, in in you know Big Ten or whatever going to the big programs, going to the NFL, not just because that's where the best players are, because not necessarily. Christian Watson's, according to the Packers, is a better player than a lot of other guys. The, the, the question, though, is, is this speed level of the competition, is, is the mental part of the game going to be too much for you? And if you can come at least halfway there by going to, for example, the SEC, I, I know you can at least do this much playing for Georgia, then there's less concern that you're not going to be able to get this far. Because, again, you're already halfway there. Anyways, technical difficulties and... Uh... <laughs> 30, 40 minutes later, we finally got this thing working here. So why don't we skip the last question and go straight to Jordan Love. First question uh, to Jordan, what have you seen improved these first few weeks?
3: Um, I'd say just the consistency of routes, the receivers, what they're doing. Um, I think everybody's just doing a better job of, you know, we're learning it in the meetings and we're going out there and doing it on the field, but everybody's doing a great job of just taking all the coaching points and making them work on the field right now. So.
2: So kind of just echoing what, um, who said it? Dylan, what Dylan was saying. It's just, again, very generic answer, but essentially guys are just getting better at doing what they're supposed to do out here as as you get more comfortable with it. It's also part of the reason why we don't need to necessarily overreact to much of anything because people are still just kind of getting their footing. On top of everything, just being crazy and ridiculous calls to try to trip up people and rookies and everything else. This is what we're supposed to be. This is when people are supposed to be getting sort of the kinks out. Next question is about him and Romeo and how they've kind of grown and seems like they've got good chemistry and just commenting on that. Yeah,
3: I mean, I think it's easy when you've got a really good player. Um, they just kind of make it happen. Um, it's easy to get them the ball. Um, he's catching it. I mean, Romeo's catching it really well right now. He's running really good routes, and he's getting open. So it's easy to throw it to the open guys, um, but he's been doing a really good job. And uh, I mean, we've had that connection. We, we we've done a lot of stuff last year, so just continuing that connection has been great. But he's doing a great job. I'm
2: I'm going to be real interested to see how that progresses. Um, you know, I mean, it's it's a thing now, obviously for sure. Sorry about that. Um, but is that thing going to continue? You know, it's actually kind of funny because I remember not too long ago watching a video it was pff or whatever and they were talking about guys who get hyped up a ton and then don't materialize and i was kind of confused because i thought romeo dobbs had a pretty good year but um one of the pff guys remember last year when everybody was hyping romeo dobbs he's so good he's like the greatest thing ever and he's he's blowing everybody away in camp and then what happened in the regular season again i thought he had a decent rookie year not the greatest in the world but it was fine But the point is, we heard this exact same thing last year, and he didn't end up being number one wide receiver, elite, this, that, or the other. This is not a new narrative. It's it's the same thing we heard last year, even with Aaron Rodgers. Also, no pads, helmets, all that stuff. So you get a little bit more contact. You start calling normal plays like you normally would, offensively and defensively, and I'm curious to see where the offense leans. And if it stays this thing where this is sort of the biggest... Connection, he and Dobbs and he and Musgrave, or whatever, or if things will start to evolve into more Jaden Reed, Christian Watson, Tucker Craft, Josiah DeGuara, the running backs, whatever. It'll be interesting, but it is what it is for now. Other kind of important part, and, and I, again, I'm not a huge fan of the way the question was asked because it kind of leads into the answer. In other words, if you asked this exact same question the exact same way about any one of the players, he might have answered it the same way. But, um, she, she referred to Dobbs as a safety blanket, and how nice is it to have that as a safety blanket? And so he essentially refers to him as a safety blanket. But, anyways, I want to play this because um, it might give us an idea of where that might lead in terms of whether or not this is going to change or stay the same.
3: It's awesome. You know, it's uh, when in doubt, you know, you could throw it out there and you know he's going to make a play. Um, and he's done a great job of, um, you know, going to get the ball wherever it's at. He's made some really tough catches, um, and it, it kind of just builds everybody's confidence, builds my confidence in him, just being able to throw the ball out there um, and know he's going to make a play.
2: Still trying to get the audio dialed in live after I rebooted my computer, but anyways, the comment he made about, you know, when all else fails, throw it up to Dobbs because you know he's going to make a play. It could just be a nothing comment, but we've seen him do it. A lot of the plays that Jordan shouldn't have made was him trusting himself and trusting Romeo Dobbs, and... Um, You know, I mean, we had that with Rodgers and Devontae. When all else fails, lean on that guy. So we'll see how it continues to go. But right now, there's a comfort developing. And in some sense, that's not necessarily good. If we want Jordan to just be a robot, you know, a guy that just executes the play and throws to the open man, you don't necessarily want him thinking at the snap, where's Dobbs, where's Dobbs, where's Dobbs, Dobbs?" right? No, 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 no. Go through the progressions. Do what we got to do. Don't worry about Dobbs. Don't worry about who's running the route. Just go through the progressions as you're supposed to and throw to the right guy. It also kind of worries me because, you know, again, he's not Aaron Rodgers. And and I think when he plays within structure, right now I'm seeing two very different versions of Jordan Love. There is the in-structure Jordan and out-of-structure Jordan. And I know he has the ability to make plays. No question about it. He's, he's, he can make those, you know, plays. Uh, throwing on the run off his back foot weird arm angle throws all that so he's done that before he does have that ability but i feel like when we see jordan executing within the structure of the system he is a very very good and very very efficient quarterback when we've seen him ad libbing and that's that's what we've seen in in even otas right jordan great throw great throw great throw and then late across the middle into triple coverage trying to make a play gets picked off It's just, it's not working. He doesn't have that dialed in yet and I don't like it. So um, it's cool that he's building rapport, but I don't want it to become so comfortable that it feels like that, as she called it, a safety blanket. So that, you know, it's kind of like, yeah, I'm going to kind of go through my reads. Eh, I don't know. I kind of don't like it. Christian's basically open, but I'm not feeling it. Where's Dobbs at? There he is. Super covered, but I'm just going to throw it because again that's what i felt like we saw with rogers he kind of goes through it kind of just doesn't really feel like it and then finds the guy he wants to throw to and launches it up to him and just trusts his arm and that other guy being able to make a play i don't want that i don't want that back i want to try something else so again i like it but i don't want it to become too much of a thing and funny enough that was the exact same question as do you have to be careful just just even though it's him you still got to watch it
3: oh yeah you always, you always got to be careful um That's the biggest thing, especially for me, is try not to force the ball. Uh, Now,
2: I want to pause it there because I don't doubt that. He said, especially for me, i got to try not to force the ball. I I was thinking about this earlier today. I watched the second installment of the uh, uh, Kurt Warner covering Jordan Love thing, and he was very complimentary of Jordan. But Jordan has a massive amount of confidence, which is not a bad thing. It's sort of the opposite of Justin Fields where Justin will see it and just go like, "Uh, I don't know. Jordan doesn't care. He sees something and he'll try to throw it. And he's made some good, you know, that that whole shot throw to Aaron Jones. Even, you know, Kurt went and looked at that one's like, eh, I probably wouldn't have thrown it. little too risky. I'd rather go over here. But he wasn't afraid. He didn't hesitate. He threw it. It was a freaking dime. And it was exactly where it was supposed to be. Aaron Jones just dropped it. But I do worry a little bit about that confidence for the exact same reason. Because I feel like at his core, he has that sort of Pat Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers sort of mentality. Despite the fact that he was drafted to be a Tom Brady robot, his mentality is, I want to make plays. And I'm excited to kind of see him grow into that and become that guy a little bit. But I just, I get the impression that the coaching staff is looking at Jordan like, dude, I get it. And we're going to try to dial up some shot plays for you. But even that is within the structure of the offense. Freaking calm down. Stop trying to play superhero. And let's just, you know, let's not do stupid stuff just for the sake of, I think I can do it.
3: You know, we had a couple today. I try to try to squeeze it into him on the goal line, um, but at the same time, you have got to push those boundaries because I mean, he makes some great plays. So um, it's just kind of find that in between.
2: Yeah, first of all, definitely in OTAs, but even you know, in the pros, there there is an element of too safe, and there you know, again, the the guys that are winning a lot in the postseason, especially, but just in general, are the guys that are making those kinds of heroic sort of plays you know it is sort of those 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 things so developing that part of him is great to be able to play off structure and to, to figure all that kind of stuff out but i would really prefer at least at this point if his focus was almost entirely on just very boring elementary as, as though you're drawing it up on the whiteboard you know and, and that's part of the reason i don't even like watching a lot of those kurt warner things or these film breakdown things because it does break it down into a, a much less fun sport. It's not backyard football. It's not just you know getting open and, and great throws and all that. It is. It's, it's got almost nothing to do with that. It's a mathematical formula. <laughs> the quarter. Seriously, the quarterback has to know the play, look at the defense, and then it's sort of like poker where you're dealing with probabilities based on their alignment. And then you're reading keys, right? Oh, oh, I'm gonna. My first look is to this linebacker. That linebacker dropped. Okay, I'm 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 removing the right side of the field. Now the next step, move to the left side of the field. Check out the safety. Where is he at? If he's staying high, I throw to this guy. If he comes down, I throw to that guy. It's all just a formula. And yeah, it takes some of the fun and excitement out of it. But that's the way she goes. That's why Tom Brady is considered the goat because he was the best in the world at just doing that. Again, that's that's poker. You want to just let it fly and have fun and be crazy and reckless or whatever, you're not going to win. Not consistently. Not consistently enough to actually come out ahead. It's all about understanding the, your your probabilities and understanding what move I'm supposed to make in relation to the move you made. They asked a bunch of questions about his interception. Everybody's real upset. You can tell when the media is upset when they ask like three, four, five, six questions in a row about it. We'll kind of fast forward to the, the backside of it a little bit, but Um, the question is essentially what can you learn from making those kinds of mistakes
3: yeah I mean it like you said this is a time to kind of push those boundaries try things um, and and kind of just see and learn Um, so you know Great play by him. Get to go back, watch it on film, see you know, see when I could have maybe got the ball out sooner. Um, you know, I, I think I had a, a option right there on the sideline. You know, it's a learning situation. Maybe hit him, get out of the balance, get some yards, and be able to finish that two minute drive maybe with a score. Um, so it's all learning right now. This is a great time to be able to you know kind
2: of push those boundaries. Too. What do you think? And and the reality is, first of all, he's right. OTAs are when you push stuff like that. That's when you should be more reckless because you need to see why you can't do that. It's like I said with why I mess up so much food, because I don't understand why you shouldn't do that. It makes sense to me that you should do that, so I'm going to do that. Sometimes I do it and it's fantastic. I'm like, eh, everybody can stick it. This is great. And I'm going to never, you know, not do this again. Like resting meat. I don't rest meat. I think it's stupid. I got science to back me up on that, by the way. But anyways, first time I did it, it was cold. I let pork chops sit for 20 minutes and it was cold and I was pissed. So I don't do it anymore. And I thought, That, you know, if you just cut into a piece of meat fresh off the grill, just as though you pop a balloon, juice just comes pouring out and then you just get dry meat. That doesn't happen. But again, it's just a matter of, I don't understand why it's this way. I don't think that's right. I'm going to do something else. And OTAs are that time. You know the coaches tell you not to do it. I know Tom has definitely told me, not laid across the middle or whatever the thing is, definitely don't do it. But I feel like I can do it. So I'm going to take a shot. And he saw what happened. And again, even now, he's not fully ruling it out. He's like, yeah, maybe I could have thrown it sooner. You know what I mean? Like if I got it a little sooner. So guess what? Next time they go out, do it again. Rip it out sooner. You need to see it in action. And and the reality is, this is he's not going to get it all figured out this year. He doesn't have enough time to go through every single scenario, every single thing, and to do it enough times to understand every single thing he needs to understand and what he should and shouldn't do in OTAs and training camp. And so some of it's going to bleed into the season. There's going to be a lot of learning in this season, which is his first year. I do not care what you think about that. It is his first year as a starter. Now, it's not the same as being a rookie. He has much more experience than a rookie, but he has much less experience than, say, Kenny Pickett, who was drafted last year and who started last year. But that's just part of the process. You're just learning stuff and you're constantly learning things. And um fortunately he has had several OTAs and training camps to be able to experiment so hopefully he's got some of that stuff burned into his head that's probably why we've seen so much growth as far as we already have. So one of the questions and, and I, again I like it because it's something that I've been saying I wish that they would do and apparently that they do. Um and that's offense and defense working together whether that be players or coaches. I want our defensive coordinator helping our offense as much as is humanly possible. I want our offensive coordinator and head coach helping our defense as much as is humanly possible in terms of helping to understand things. Because ultimately, if you're an offensive player, your job is to be a master of defenses. That's what you're studying. You need to understand coverages. And I'd rather have Joe Barry helping... Our quarterback. I'm not saying in general in terms of being a quarterback, but that should be a big part of this. DB coaches, whatever. You know, they, they were talking just in the question before this about how the defense is disguising things. You know, one one day they'll, I mean, they'll have the same looking defense, but one day they'll they'll just you know, run it one way, and then the next day they'll send a blitz, and then the next day they'll send another blitz, but from another area. It'd be good to get some feedback from the from the DC or whatever, or from the cornerbacks or whatever, and just say, you know, here's our thought process behind doing that. Here's what we're trying to attack, and here's what we definitely don't want you to do. Worst case scenario, you know, if I'm the defensive coordinator and I call this, there's always something that's going to happen that's going to make me panic, right? Or there's a play call that's just going to kill me, right? This is a high risk, high reward thing. I'm going to send these guys, but if you call any of like these types of plays, we're screwed. Why is that important? If Jordan recognizes it and can check to it, you're going to kill it. Or even if he doesn't check to anything, at least he understands the the concept well enough, the strengths and weaknesses of each thing well enough that he knows what area to attack. Anyways, the question, uh, this particular question was about, um, you know, do you ever talk to the corners about what you're seeing or whatever?
3: Yeah, no, we've been talking with the defense. They've been doing a great job of letting me know different things with cadence, um, you know, maybe our eyes. They've been telling the receivers, like, maybe if they um, are looking inside that they might be running inside. Just things like that. We're helping each other. Um, we're helping the defense in the same way um, because this is just all going to make us all better at the end of the day.
2: See, And that's, that's good, too. I mean, all those little things, because this isn't a competition. OTAs is, I mean, of course, if you're on defense, you want to win or whatever, but this is about making the team better. And one of the things you're always trying to do is is figure out what's happening, right? It's, again, going back to the poker thing, you're looking for tells. I remember it was Akeem Hicks, I think it was, talking about a, I think it was a Packer player, and he noticed that whenever he did one thing, it was this, and whenever he did the other thing, it was that, and he just absolutely wrecked him the entire game because he was able to make a read, and he noticed it while studying film. So our offense and defense needs to do a really good job of trying to find those tells on our team, especially if you're a veteran guy like Kenny or Jair, or whoever, look for those things. Because you know, you, you've you identified people that do these little things. The way you position your body, the way you you move your feet, the way you, your eyes, your 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 head, whatever. I always think about that like if I'm a running back, and I know where I need to run. It would be so hard to not look that direction. Because you want to, first of all, just by natural instinct, to look where I'm going. But beyond that, I want to see who's over there. I want to check out that part of the field. There's got to be a lot of eye discipline for a running back to say, Don't look over there. Don't not look over there, but don't look over there. Either just fix your eyes straight ahead or scan the field, but you cannot fixate on one part of the field or you're giving it away. So, yeah, it's it's cool to hear that, you know, the defenses are trying to kill you, and then if they do, they come to you and they're like, here's why we got you. Just so you know. Uh, Next question is uh, about how they've tailored the offense to Jordan Love, which, of course, again, I I like these because these are things that we've been assuming. It's just nice to hear them talk about it a little bit.
3: (laughs) Yeah, no, they've done a good job of... Kind of tailoring the installs um, and what plays we put in in certain installs to you know kind of a mixture of what i like but also what we run more than others you know we'd have plays that we don't really run as much but uh so we've kind of pushed those ones to the back of the installs and things like that but they've done a great job um just continue to keep asking me what i like what i don't like and kind of tailoring it to that so they've done a great
2: job about that again we all kind of knew that this was a thing but um, it is nice to hear it because you never know. I mean, for, for all we know, they're like, no, I mean, this is, we're, we're going to run it the same way we did with Rodgers with maybe a couple little tweaks here or there, but it's mostly the same thing. I mean, and, it, and it's also good because the amount of questions that I've gotten about how is this offense going to be different, there's no doubt in my mind that every single, man, not maybe not every, but let's just say 90% of Packer fans are going to do backflips if they see this offense come out and it is noticeably different from the beginning, you know, heavy 12 and 22 personnel, lots more motion and misdirection and passes across the middle and just everything that all the Packer fans have been gushing over. If, if we see that right out of the gate, I know that's going to excite a lot of people. So again, it's a fun question because the question of, is there going to be a big difference? I don't know, but I do know that they have changed the offense to tailor to Jordan Love, which also tells us that they tailored the offense last year and, and previously to Aaron Rodgers. So, you know, again, there there really isn't a, or maybe there is, but we'll never see it, a pure version of Matt LaFleur's scheme. It's Matt LaFleur taking s- schematic concepts and applying it to his roster. And there's a pretty big change at quarterback right now. And so there's going to be a different looking offense. They asked him a question about his leadership style
3: yeah I mean for the most part I like to talk to guys after every play you know if it's a, a good play bad play I like to go talk to them see what they saw see what I saw kind of just get on the same page with them um, but I think it just comes down to building that connection the more I can we can you know, come together talk to each other um, and build that bond the better so just continue to talk to everybody every day um, be in their ear after every play. Um, and it's, We're all learning together. I never want to, you know, go at a player and attack them for maybe messing up, especially the young guys right now. I mean, I know we all know there's going to be mistakes. It's not going to be perfect. Um, but the more we can kind of mesh and come together and just build that chemistry together, it's going to be good.
2: And again, is that, um, is that leadership? No. But it is kind of how he carries himself. He's certainly making himself a much more um on an even plane with his guys as opposed to Aaron Rodgers saying I am the standard in other words I, what I'm doing is what's right it's kind of like that what is that philosophical question uh, I can't remember how it goes something to do with the relationship between god and good but the point is if Aaron Rodgers does it that means it's the right way to do it because he did it and if something went wrong it's because you didn't do something right and um again Jordan at least at this point in his career is not coming at it from that standpoint his whole thing is, hey, that worked. Let's come together. You know, I was, you know, whatever, tat, 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 it didn't work. We come together. Here's why I did what I did. Why did you do what you did? Blah, 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 blah. It's, it's coming from just zero, right? Let's rebuild that. Let's figure out what we were doing and, and why we weren't on the same page and how we can kind of collaborate into making this work going forward. And again, I did find it funny when they were talking about the difference between he and Rodgers, and he's like, I don't really see the point in attacking guys, especially young guys. (laughs) I'm sure nothing was intended there. Anyways, I'm going to leave it at that. Uh, We do have Matt LaFleur, but I think we've gone long enough. I think tomorrow we're going to do Matt, and maybe we'll do that on the back end, on the front end. Uh, I want to address that video I saw that drove me absolutely insane, so I can kind of get some stuff off my chest a little bit. Um, But... Anyways, it's always good to kind of get these little tidbits, these little bit of insights about our brand spanking new uh, football team here. And we're not going to have much more of this for the next month or so. so. Anyways, you guys have a good rest of your day. I'll talk to you later. Have a good one. Bye-bye.